When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising. Mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul. Yeah. Cats, cats, cats. You're gonna set me on fire mm-hmm. My brain is flaming But I know just where to go Yeah The season's kicking off And the bill will be a-rockin' And Bosco's wonder talking Purple love Purple love Bosco's boy Oh, just a hunk of hunk of purple love just a hunk of hunk of purple love. Oh, just a hunk, hunk. Bosco's boys and the boneheads are talking purple love. Boom, the boys are back. And uh, if you would have gone back and told... Piss and vinegar, 25-year-old Scott, that this episode was happening, he would probably look at you and call you a liar. This is proof that, hey, you do get mature by the time you turn 30. I'm talking to a man who's probably been covering K-State athletics longer than anyone who currently is. He's the host of the only podcast, the only K-State podcast that has more episodes than this one. It's the only one that was still going when this one launched, and it is the editor, publisher, and the head honcho at the longest-running K-State fan site. That is GoParacat.com's very own Tim Fitzgerald. Tim, uh, you know, if you would have said five and a half years ago this episode was happening, I don't know if I would have said it. I mean, you know, you and I like to go back and forth a little bit on Twitter. I don't know if you would have thought this day was going to come, but quite frankly, I'm happy it did. We've been chatting in the DMs and on Twitter now for – at least a couple years, you know, because why not? I grew up. You've always been old, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it's happening. How are you doing today? That's true. Well, I haven't grown up. I. It's amazing how uh, 
cancer makes you realize all the bullshit you were worried about before isn't really that important. And um, it chilled me out quite a bit, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we mended fences. Um, and uh, this is an honor. You guys do. You've done a great job with this for so long. Yes. And, and you know, it goes back. We're, we're on our uh, fifth total fo- or no sixth football season. Uh, and and I, I'm pumped to do it. You know, I want to give a shout out to Grant because he, he was a co-founder and uh, he, he's been on the show. Uh, we're going to have him on for the predictions episode here in a couple of weeks. Um, no, no pressure or anything, but I already recorded it. You're going the day after the great Wyatt Thompson. So, oh, you boy. know, I, I know you have your daily deliveries again, you know, I'm, I'm back going daily podcasts, you know, everything about daily uh, content, doing daily deliveries on YouTube, but uh, it, it's a tough act to follow, but I figured, you know what, if, if someone can go after Wyatt Thompson, it might just be you. I, uh, yeah, that's you know, Wyatt's uh, older than I am. That's how old Wyatt is. Wyatt's really old. Wyatt, Wyatt started off calling games on the telegraph. I mean, he was, he's, he, he, his career was going really well. And then his horse ran away and he had no transportation. That's how old Wyatt is. Oh man. Yeah, no, but, but I love Wyatt Thompson and uh, I'm going to love having our conversation before we get into it. I'll I'll tell you this. How's this for cross promotion? I know you're a big fan of the fridge wholesale liquor, Manhattan brewing company. I think the fridge is probably the number one retailer for Manhattan brewing company. So while I'm a big advocate going right into the brewery, get a couple pints right from the start. If you're rolling into town on September 2nd or hell, September 1st for that volleyball game and you miss the turnoff on Points Avenue to go get some pints directly from the source, stop into the Fridge Wholesale Liquor and buy Manhattan Brewing Company. Buy them out of all the Manhattan Brewing Company beer. Make them go down to the brewery, pick up some four packs themselves. And then when you're leaving town, get a couple crowlers to go just today as we're recording this on the 18th, just in case any breaking news happens over the weekend we don't talk about. We're pre-recording a little bit. Uh, they just dropped the pumpkin batch pumpkin beer. Now, Tim, I don't know if you're a fan of pumpkin beers, but I absolutely am. I, I like pumpkin flavored everything. I am that millennial. I'll own up to it. I love the pumpkin coffee, the pumpkin beer, and the best pumpkin beer in the world's Manhattan Brewing Company. They get full pies, full pumpkin pies from Little Batch Brewing uh, uh, Bakery. Yes, they put it in there. They brew it all together. So it was a pumpkin pie beer. It's delicious. Tim, you got to at least give it a try. Go in there, get a taster. You don't have to have a full pint if you're not a pumpkin guy, but at least taste it for me this fall. Okay, I will. And what a blessing Manhattan Brewing Company's been to this community. Man, what a great addition. It, it, it took way too long to get one, and not, not a sponsor, but it sounds like another small batch brewing company is coming to the Manhattan community here very soon. Uh, tall grass was great. I was very sad when, uh, you know, they went under. I like the tall grass tap house. I'm glad Wichita Brewing was able to revive some of those recipes. But I tell you what, Manhattan Brewing Company, such great quality. Now they're distributing all throughout the state. I can get it at right up the street from me in Shawnee. I can get it in Topeka. I know people getting it in Wichita, Salina, all across the state. So I'm glad Manhattan Brewing Company is here and thriving. That's really cool. All right, let's get into it. Uh, the first one, before we dive too deep into specifically K-State, you, along with a handful of other people at, at K-State, I want to give a shout out to John Kurtz on his YouTube channel because he's probably been you know, going at this topic better than anyone. But you're, you're, yeah. I would, I'd give you a good silver medal, a very strong showing silver medal talking about uh, Big 12 expansion. You covered K-State beginning back in the Big 8 era. 
you know, you, you followed them through all the different eras of the Big 12. And now we're about to see a 16-team version next year. You've been big talking about the good vibes with the conference, and you didn't want to add anyone who might detract from that. When you look at the eight additions that will be made in a 15-month period, are we going to avoid any bad apples, or do you, do you think some of them have crept in with the bushel? Now, I, I think the four that are in this year are good. I mean, I think they've got a good sampling of what it's like to be in the Big 12 and the kind of crap you take from the national media um, for whatever reason. I, I don't quite understand why some of them have decided the Big 12 was going to be the conference to die, and now they're annoyed that they, they didn't die. But um, uh, the, the next four I kind of worry about, I think Colorado's solid. I think they, they know what they're getting into. They've been part of it. Um, Arizona, I think they're so fired up to be in a, a basketball uh, conference that, you know, takes it seriously. Right? They're not going to be a problem. Utah's pretty cocky. Arizona State, I, I, I'm just so mystified by their leadership. I don't know what to think about that. So uh, I think it's going to be a good grouping. And I think once those new schools, and I mean the four newest ones, get into the conference and start touring around, It'll be an adjustment for the road trips they're going to take, but I think they're going to find that the psychology of the Big 12 and the value with which fans hold football and basketball and other sports, but you know, mostly football and basketball, will be shockingly different. Because no matter where you go in this conference, uh, now that Kansas is playing at a higher level in football, no matter where you go, football or basketball, you're going to be in front of a rowdy crowd uh, of in a school that's invested in being successful in that sport. And that's not true in the Pac-12. You, you had weeks off. You just had games off where you could cruise in there and take care of business. And um, I, I think, uh, you know, as we as it matures a little bit, we'll see the personalities come out. But um, I think all of us in this conference, I'm talking us as in schools, um, understand the uniqueness of the Big 12, Big 16, whatever it'll be. And uh, I not having an, an, a financial alpha like Texas, I think, will be really, really good. And it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, let's, let's be honest. This, this conference was always about Texas. And uh, now it's a new life without Texas and Oklahoma. And Scott, I just think it's weird that we get rid of the two biggest brands in this conference. And there's no doubt about that. But the conference is more unified and seems more healthy than ever. And that, that says a lot about the leadership of this conference. I'm right there with you. I'm pumped. And as someone who has hit all the current Big 12 schools, uh, you know, football stadiums, I'm glad I get, you know, eight more to check off. And heck, after that, I might have to go on basketball tour because you mentioned it with Arizona. But with the exception, I think, of UCF, every team in the conference has had at least a handful of magical years in their basketball history and fans who I think want to be good at basketball. So yeah. uh, may maybe uh, there's some more taco falls out there for UCF and they can uh, get back to some basketball uh, relevancy. Um, They're going to be a problem. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, There'll be a problem. UCF, especially in football. Oh, they, my. Uh, they get this money coming in. They get this exposure coming in. I think their basketball program will – certainly uh tick upwards but football's they, they could end up being the football alpha after about five years yeah well and i you know i think seren petro has said this a couple times on his radio show in kansas city you know they're pumping out you know twenty thousand alumni almost every year it's probably not that many but so many eventually 
eventually some of them are going to turn into billionaires and just by the pure percentage of it, if you're looking at this league, if it's still around in this form, 20, 25 years from now, uh, UCF, if those guys uh, who graduated from their trade in their Gator and Seminole and hurricane gear for their alma mater, uh, they're going to be a behemoth just by pure well, numbers. Um, the, the stat that blew me away that came out last year was that 99% of their alumni are alive because the school was founded in what, 63. Um, so, I mean, they were founded the year before I was born. So they're, they're 60 years old. It's crazy to think about that. Um, but I think the entire thing going on with the ACC and Florida state being disgruntled, it's because of UCF now, now the little brother, the, the little brat that you know you've had down the road suddenly is making more money than you from your conference i don't think florida state's too happy about that so uh, that's i just think it's funny i I think it the pressure that the big 12 has started to assert on these other conferences like the pack and now the acc is just very interesting to me hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes, as Michael Scott once said in the office, oh, how the ta- or turntables, I believe it is. Oh, how the yeah. turntables. Um, let's get into K-State football specifically. And this is something that has stuck out to me when I have seen, you know, videos from practice. You've been able to be around the team, but I think it is absolutely jarring. If you look at this team purely from an athletic ability, purely from a walking off the bus, you know, mm-hmm. look, Chris Kleiman's team in year five versus what where the program was when he came in towards the end of the Bill Snyder era is stark. It looks like, you know, the varsity at a 6A team comparing it to JV at a 4A that seemingly is like the athletic uh, difference. Am I too far off making mm. that comparison? How no. jarring and how fun is it to see that evolution over the last five years? Man, I we just saw Des Purnell today at a press conference opportunity. That dude's added 15 pounds of muscle. I mean, he did not look like a Big 12 linebacker last year, and now he, I asked him if he wanted a job as my bodyguard. I don't know what you need to do as my bodyguard. I, he goes, Will you need that? And I go, well, I need someone to get drinks for me. Um, but I think the most telling thing, uh, well, first of all, when Kleiman came in, he immediately recognized that the biggest problem with the program was that the depth had, uh, you know, kind of dwindled. And it really had. Uh, they weren't getting the same level of the walk-ons. They weren't getting the same level of the, you know, the filler in your recruiting class. I don't mean it in a derogatory. They're kind of the last guys in. Um and he, he recognized that, and they've achieved that. But I, the, the most telling comment I heard today in talking to Joe Klanderman and four defensive player, players was that uh, Klanderman said this defensive incoming recruiting class is the best, most prepared to play right away uh, class on either side of the ball since they've been at Kansas State. He, he went on to say that basically everyone on that defensive recruiting class that's coming in that might be brand new or we're here in the spring, they all are good enough to play, and some will play this year. That's just not the way it's been, Scott. I mean, you know that. It's always been a developmental program. It always will be. But to get more guys that can walk off 
you know, through their graduation and then to K-State and then to start playing. That's the advantage the Oklahoma and Texases have always had. When they get to their third string, when someone they've had massive injuries, they can throw a freshman out there that was a five-star, four-star kid that was physically ready to play out of high school, just might need to pick up the middle game. That wasn't true at K-State, but now it apparently is, and I think that will really show out as a big factor. Yep, and I, I can't wait to see it. And I loved hearing that thing about Desmond Purnell. He's a Topeka cat like I was. Granted, he went to he didn't go to the high school I would have wanted him to go to, but a Topeka cat nonetheless. Um, before we move in and get your Blitz Month predictions, I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Charlie Hustle. Tim, you're eligible for this giveaway. If you go to the Bosco's yes. Boys Twitter account on Monday, so I'm, I'm doing some time traveling here. So this upcoming Monday for you and me and for the Monday that just happened to everyone listening – we have a giveaway for a free Charlie Hustle shirt. Go to the Bosco's Boys account, find the giveaway tweet explaining all the rules, and they just dropped five, or maybe even seven. I've seen five of the new shirts. And Tim, there's all sorts of new K-State merch going out there. I know there's all sorts of conversations about what the team's going to be wearing. I'm going to be wearing Charlie Hustle all year. And on that first game, that stripe out, I'm in a white section, which isn't great for someone with the body type like me, but I will be wearing the K-State beef, the offensive lineman NIL shirt. I will be representing all six guys, you know, not only five. Hey, we got six coming back because you got TP on the shirt as well as all five of the starters from last year. So if you want to support K-State, and that's brought to you guys through Wildcat NIL as well. So if you want that or the Will the Thrill shirt, as well as all the other vintage-looking K-State gear from a local Kansas City company, check out charliehustle.com, vintage made fresh. So, Tim, feel free to participate. I will not exclude you. You're not part of uh, Bosco. And, heck, everyone do it. I, I want to see us break the record because it, it will be a retweet and type thing. Last year we nice. had some big ones. The first giveaway we had, I think, close to 200 Let's get to three or 400 and I might even like chip in some more t-shirts out of my own dime. Um, but let's get some predictions here. Um, we're going to talk about Will Howard first. I think he is the odds on favorite. I think, you know, if we have the season K-State fans hope he will be the offensive MVP, but if you had to go with who might be the runner up, who might be the number two guy behind Will Howard, who do you think it's going to be on offense this year? I see my problem with this prediction is if Will Howard struggles or is injured, I, mean, I guess that's a possibility. Um, does that mean the receivers don't have the numbers? And you've got um, a shared duty at running back. You know, I'm going to go with DJ Giddens. I think if they get in a situation, as good as Ward is coming in, if they get into a situation where they need to hammer away and just run the ball, um, I think DJ is a guy. Um, I'm excited to see him in an expanded role because every time he came on the field, uh, he did something. Uh, you know, he was running the ball into the game, made some great catches. I'm just a big fan of him um, because the biggest accomplishment of his season last year is when Deuce Vaughn went off the field, none of us, well, I'm not going to say everyone, but most of us, didn't go, ah, DJ Giddens. No, we were like, okay, let's see what this guy does. I mean, he he does bring an excitement. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say DJ Giddens, but I do think it'll be Will. Yeah, let's talk about Will then. The, the evolution of Will Howard is the thing I've been most 
not curious, but the, the thing that's drawn me to Will uh, most of all, um, I'm not a journalist. I'm purely a fan. Uh, I was sitting mm-hmm. up in the stadium in Fort Worth when I saw him come out there with Adrian Martinez hurt, and I was thinking to myself, well, here we go. Th- there's the season once again. And me, like many others, change our tune very quick when we see Cade, Cade Warner's touchdown. And then from that moment on, Will Howard is the guy that we all saw in the tape at downtown Pennsylvania. Um, how excited are you for him to finally have a season where he has the backing of the fans? He has the offense being set up for him, not for Skylar Thompson, not for Adrian Martinez. Everything in the offseason is being set up for him to be the guy. How exciting and what sort of season can can we expect from him? Well, I'm thrilled for Will. He's such a great guy. I mean, he really is. Yeah, that's one of the pleasures I have in covering Kansas State Athletics is the kids that I work with, and I call them kids, but, you know, their young men are amazing. Uh, football, basketball, it's just been incredible. Um, the gentlemen I get to uh, work with, and Will is certainly one of them. So to see kind of the mental anguish he would go through, uh, you know, I, I got so bad. I felt I felt bad just even giving him, you know, honest evaluations of playing because he was struggling so much. To see him just turn the corner, and like you said, we knew immediately when he started throwing the ball around because he didn't start hitting open receivers and, you know, just putting the ball out there. He's he's throwing into coverage, tight coverage, just throwing dimes all over the field. And we're, I remember looking at uh, one of my guys next to me in the press room, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Who is this guy? And But that wasn't a fluke. That's who he had become. That's the way he played the rest of the year. Even when he played a bad game, maybe at West Virginia, he was still really good and much better than he had been at any point in his career. Look, Scott, if you take his stats and roughly extrapolate them over the course of a season, if he stays healthy, which is you know hard to do for any college quarterback, we're talking about a guy that might throw 30 touchdown passes for 3,000 yards. And if you do that, you're probably the Big 12 player of the year because your team's probably in the championship game. And as a senior on a you know major high-profile conference, you might be sitting in New York for the Heisman ceremony. That's how good he could be this season. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. But again, you got to stay healthy. And that's just not been how it operates for K-State quarterbacks. You end up with the second or third string at some point. Um, and let's hope Will Howard stays upright, but it's all, the quarterback room is also very good. So, but boy, I, I, I just want to see Will get out there, stretch his wings, and have a full season of, of being the kind of quarterback we saw last year. Because why people aren't picking him for first team all Big 12, second team all Big 12, they're not even listing him on some list, and the top four quarterbacks in this conference is absolutely befuddling to me. What's wild about it, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, we, I've seen some publications that have him as a Heisman dark horse. I've seen, I, I believe it might've been CBS had him as a top 10 quarterback in college football. Yet you have some folks who are putting together 
four and five deep or even big 12 power ranking quarterbacks where he is middle of the pack. I, I, I think you could maybe even make an argument for folks who were uh, writing about college football or doing these lists. He might be like one of the most polarizing or at least highest variance type guys uh, in the nation. And I got to think the only, the only knock against him is, Oh, he only started. If you look at the box scores, he only started a handful of games because he had to come in for Adrian in uh, relief for a couple of those. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see uh, everyone changing their tune. I'm I'm hoping, you know, by that Texas Tech game, rolling in there undefeated, maybe a top 10 matchup, because I know you're high on Texas Tech as well. That could be uh, maybe his Heisman moment out in West Texas. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I, I think he has uh, the ability to take this offense to a whole nother level. And let's keep in mind, too, the kid can run the ball. I mean, he's a big old horse now, but – uh, I, I look forward to the moment when he Josh Allen's and just this giant human being tucks the ball and starts running, um, you know, and I, I think he's going to shock some people with his ability to run because just simply because he didn't have to do it last year. And again, I, I don't know that they really want to run him too much because that's typically when you get your quarterback injury. I, I'm you know, I, we, we could probably have an hour-long podcast on the uh, quarterback room, but I just want to point out how wild it is that you have a former high three-star, multiple power five offers guys, and J- Jacob Knuth, r- wearing 21, by the way, which I love for a quarterback, awesome. as a walk-on fourth-string guy uh, when just, what, five, six, seven years ago you had Cody Cook having to play snaps at quarterback. What a wild – again, talk about that evolution. What, what a wild yep. time for the quarterback room. Agree. All right, let's move to the defensive MVP. I'm not putting any restrictions on this one. And I think we've only maybe had so far one repeat answer here. I think it could be, I, I think you can make an argument for close to eight different guys for this. So who are you landing on as the guy you're targeting as the uh, your pick for the defensive MVP this season? There's just so many. I, I mean, my instinct is to pick Daniel Green. I think he's a little bit dinged up right now. So um, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that. The machine's awfully tempting too, Austin Moore. I I'm on this phase where I've been saying the key position on the, for this entire team to be successful. If they're good at this spot, they could be really good, and if they're bad, they're not going to be as good as we'd hoped. Is nose tackle? So I'm going to go with the big guy Uso. Um, we keep hearing about how he's tearing it up in practice. Uh, Coach Tuyasopo has told us, you know, his weight's down. He looks good. He's playing faster, um, and what a remarkable transformation from being a backup at the junior college ranks to possibly being a star nose tackle uh, at this level. But if you have a truly disruptive nose tackle in a three-man front, which with all due respect to Eli Huggins and Timmy Horn and those guys, they held their own in there, but they weren't like a pain in the ass every snap. Uso has that ability He's so big, so strong. Um, just his ability to knock down passes is an explanation of his athleticism, the timing of that. Uh, I think he's going to be a force. I'm just going to I'm going to go out there on another limb and take Uso. And it, it better be a healthy, big, fat limb if we're going to have Uso on it with me. Yes, yes. I, I hear you there. And, and again, how, how much fun would it be to have a guy like that have a season? Just the aesthetic. You have the hair coming out. Just a big old guy with a great personality. I, I'm rooting for it. I, I don't. I haven't made my decision yet, but that's the guy I'm rooting to be the MVP because it, it would be massive for this. I'm team. totally spacing his name, but the year Baylor won the Big Twelve title, they had, a, I, oh. I believe, a, 
South Pacific nose tackle that nobody could block, including K State. I'm, I can't, can't remember, remember his, name. his name either, but you know, it has that look where it won. I don't think he was as put together as I think Uso is going to be for this year because he couldn't even get his jersey down over his belly. Again, I wouldn't be able to either. That is not shade coming from me, but I think Uso, again, and if he has a year like that, you, you could be hearing his name called in the spring as well, uh, maybe day two or maybe early day three. So I'm looking forward to seeing Uso out there as well. Uh, let's go with the breakout player of the year on offense. So you could go breakout player as someone who hasn't had a major role for K-State yet, or you can go newcomer as well, because there's a handful of newcomers, including the Big 12 preseason newcomer of the year, uh, that, that could be making noise. Yet he, I, This is just my opinion. He might not even be the best offensive transfer in. That's what makes this offense so exciting. I'm going to go with Keegan Johnson. Uh, they – they are – they feel like they found a true go-to receiver, a guy that can be your number one guy. And with all respect to Malik Doles, who had that ability, he just couldn't stay healthy. Um, so, you know, when they keep talking about Keegan's tough to cover, Keegan goes and competes for the ball, Keegan, you know, really uh, can turn on the Jets and get open, I'm, I'm into that because I want to see Will Howard with that weapon out there. And hopefully he, too, can stay healthy because he's had some issues in the past. But um, the first step with Keegan Johnson was to explain to him that at Kansas State, they actually throw the ball to receivers as opposed to Iowa. I'm, nobody's really sure what Iowa does on offense, but it wasn't fun. Uh, so I, I think he'll thrive in this offense. And he, he might enjoy playing with some guys who aren't uh, habitual gamblers as well. So something in the water up in the state of Iowa. I don't know what's going on there, man. What a mess. I know. I know. Uh, and it's also the worst kept secret in all of like college football. Like the fact that I found out about it like three, four months ago, like Hunter Deckers was one of the guys yet. It, it was like everyone whispered about it, but nothing was reported like in an official capacity. That entire thing was very uh, interesting to say the least. Well, I, I wonder how far back, leaked information goes because K-State showed no interest in Arlen Bruce, which really surprised me. As a local kid who had success at receiver, he needed receivers, and they showed no interest in him, and now uh, he's caught up in this. So I almost wonder if they didn't suspect something was going on. That is my guess. Uh, but if that's the case, the folks out in Oklahoma didn't know that because I know some folks close to the uh, Oklahoma State Athletic Department, and they were – a little taken back by that news and they got it about a month before it broke, but we'll see what happens. And I, I don't know if any official penalties have come through outside of Hunter Decker's taking a step away from the team. I don't think anyone else has had any official suspension. So that'll be something to watch for, uh, for both Oklahoma state and Iowa state on the schedule. Let me, let me ask you a question is having Hunter Decker suspended for the season. Is that punishment? I, I, I mean, for Iowa state, you might go, well, that solves a problem. Well, I, I, mean, I just didn't think it was very good. I, well, I, I don't either, and and I I'm a big fan of JJ Cole, the guy they brought in. So if they're gonna if if they're gonna suck this year, just throw the the true freshman out there, yep. let them trial by fire, and then uh, they they might be able to you know win six games next year. Uh, but yep, honestly, my perfect scenario. This is me saying it, not you. I know you're a journalist. My perfect scenario is they go like two and ten and have to fire Matt Campbell. With all the hype around him, I would get a hoot out of that, uh, especially with some Iowa State fans on Twitter. 
Well, um, it's really not about competing for championships. It's <laughs> it's about having quality young men that uh, know how to gamble. And bet against their own team only to then beat the heck out of Texas. That's the most wild so part funny. about it. That is, the, oh, man, you can't make this stuff up. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Again, a, a lot of newcomers, especially in the secondary. Um, that's probably where I will go when I go uh, for my predictions. But you're a smarter man than me, so may- maybe you'll go somewhere else. Uh, who's going to be the either breakout or newcomer of the year on defense? The most aptly named recruit maybe in the history of Kansas State sports will be Will Lee. Um, and uh, they're, they're, again, he keeps coming up in conversations you know, they talk about Julius Brents and they go, well, we'll lead replicates a lot of the stuff he did six, three long, maybe not quite as long because Brents was kind of a freak, but his wingspan, but let's go back a couple of years when, you know, Brents showed up, he was good. I, you know, but even a, a go back another season in 2021, he, he didn't hit that hard. You know, I mean, he was good, uh, but last year he erupted into a really good full, force corner and i i think will lee's bringing that to the table immediately out of the juco ranks with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A tougher one because, again, you have so many older guys who are going to be on that too deep. But if you had to peg a first-year student or a true freshman to make an impact this season, who are you going with? Boy, I don't know. Um, You know, Will Lee would be my first choice, but – I'm not sure, man. I'm really not. I, th- there's so many bodies on that defensive side that could step up, uh, but I, I, I'm guessing it'll be someone on the back end of the defense. But um, when they start listing the newcomers that are having an impact, there's a long list. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a uh, – if I could phone a friend, I would, but I don't have any friends. So uh, Plus, I'm using my phone. So we'll just go with this. Uh, my favorite question to ask everyone, what's going to be the pendulum game this season? What's going to swing the game the season either towards being another great one or, hey, this could this could uh, be bad? Do you find yourself looking at the schedule and you look at SEMO and you go, okay, it's SEMO. And then you go Troy and like, ooh. And then you go Missouri on the road after getting their ass kicked in Manhattan last year. You kind of go, ooh. And then UCF comes in and you're like, oh. And, you know, this start of the season – uh, is brutal, but I'm going to go with that Friday night game at Oklahoma State. It's going to be – I love the environment down there. I love their fans. I love that stadium. Uh, I love the paddles. Um, it's going to be a real test for this team, particularly if Kansas State goes in there at 4-0 or whatever, unbeaten. Um, having that kind of bridge game in there when they've got an extra day then going into the next week uh, and having a week off, I, I just think the Oklahoma State game is just going to be enormous for this football program. I believe I, I could be wrong, but it, I feel like we, we we've gone into Stillwater two other times in the climbing era, just on the inside of the top twenty-five, and have lost both of them. And Stillwater's been a house of horrors outside of uh, Byron Pringle and Skylar Thompson running all over them. So that's the one I've had. I've been surprised that it hasn't been a sweep of that game 
We've heard a lot of Texas Tech. We've had some Texas a little late, uh, but I'm right there with you. I think that Oklahoma State one is going to be the biggest one. Uh, but that brings me to the the biggest question on here, which will lead into the uh, to the last couple. If you had to put a gun to your head right now, and since this is your first time on Blitz Month, I'm not going to send the boneheads after you with clubs if I see you change your prediction between now and week one. So if you come on next year, that changes. You know, your first year's free. I'm on. I see you changing it, you know, next year. I'm sending the boneheads with sticks to take out your knees. Uh, But what is K-State's record this season? The boneheads, not no. Um, They're rabid. I can't control them. So I know nobody can. That's yeah. I'm going to go ten and two, Uh, and I think they'll lose at Texas. I would suspect maybe Texas Tech is the other loss, Um, and somehow I still think K State will get in the championship game because I don't think either one of those two teams is going to be efficient enough. Well, they got to play each other, so someone's going to have a loss there. But I don't think they're going to be efficient enough to to be better in the conference than, um, you know, the seven and two that I've got K-State at. I I think both those games are huge, and I think those three schools are the contenders for the title game. Well, you tipped your hand with K-State, and based on the losses, it would be K-State wearing white once again in Arlington. Who is wearing their colored jersey? Will it be the burnt orange or – I mean, I guess Tech could go black or red. So who, who is K-State facing off with in Arlington? I'm going, I've am i been going Texas Tech. I, I'm Look, I understand Texas is incredibly talented. Texas should be good. But that's been something we've been able to say for years. And I think the only reason right now that people are picking Texas to win is uh, Oklahoma is not in a position to be picked to win. I mean, that's just the way the voting has gone in this conference. It's like a reflex. Who's going to be Oklahoma? Oh, they're not in Texas. It's just kind of been sad to watch how the voters operate. And I'm glad we're going to wash through a lot of that Dallas, you know, mid-Texas media. They're going to go to the SEC and we don't have to worry about the skewed voting anymore. But I think it'd be K-State, Texas Tech. I think Texas is really good. But again, I don't see any signs of consistency from that program that will lead them to a playing for a Big 12 title. If they do get there, they're going to be really tough to beat. That's a really athletic team. But, again, I'm not a big Quinn Ewers fan. I, I I saw him play some really bad football, and I think that'll pop up enough times this season where they're not going to make the championship game. You want to give a bonus prediction? Are you going on the record saying K-State will go back-to-back for the first time since Micah Hearn led K-State, I think in the 20s, to back-to-back Kansas collegiate intercollegiate athletic I don't even know what the conference was it was before the big six but the first time since Micah Hearn did it going back to back for K-State yeah I I do I think K-State is the best well-rounded team here Uh, if I had to pick a sleeper though it's going to be Oklahoma only because of that freaking schedule it is so easy they can get off to a huge start build up their confidence uh, before they even, you know, play Texas, which I think is their first major test, they, they caught a blessing and a half from the conference schedule computer. Uh, not only do you lose K-State, but, you know, they, they, they're playing Cincinnati and Iowa State, I believe, are their first two Big 12 games. And come on, man. I mean, they have no Power 5 games on their non-conference schedule because they lost. Was it Tennessee? I think they lost. Yeah, Tennessee or LSU. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but so – they got. To, they should walk through that non-conference schedule. They should get off to a good start in the conference, um, 
and then they might start to believe in themselves. So uh, they're they're going to need someone like a K State to come kick their teeth in and um, make them realize that they're not as good as they think. But they somehow got out of K State being on their schedule, which honestly I think sucks. Um, all the Big Eight teams should be playing Oklahoma in this last season, and all the Southwest Conference teams should be playing Texas. I don't know how it fell any other way. My dream scenario is K-State beating Oklahoma one final time and lifting a trophy as they have to, Great, you know, they're packing up their boomer Sooners and heading to Atlanta after that. Uh, but I'll ask this one. Uh, the first part of this question will be tougher than the second part. But uh, for the four incoming schools this year, if you had to peg one that is going to be the first team to make it to Arlington, who are you going with? Probably UCF. And, I mean, that could well start for them coming into Manhattan, Kansas in September, hopefully without a tornado or whatever that thing was last time they were out. I don't even know what that was. Um, I stayed in the student section through that entire delay. It was uh, I, not, it was like my not, second week on campus. I thought, okay, this is what college kids do. Uh, there weren't many of us, but I st- stood through all of it, and it was the uh, dumbest thing I've ever done. I, I remember looking at you probably, you know, I remember seeing that I don't know how many kids were there. I'm like, you're all going to die. You're about to die. Cause I don't, that storm, I don't know what that is. That might be, um, that might be the devil coming to earth. Cause that thing looked evil. Uh, I think UCF is a team. And if they roll into Manhattan and win that, that'll galvanize them. And look, they've been recruiting in South Florida, central Florida, North Florida, Georgia. They got some dudes. Um, we're big about dudes at K-State right now, and they've got some dudes. And I think Gus Malzahn is a great football coach. That's an incredible hire for their program. Uh, and he's experienced the bill before. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, he's come in here and saw how rowdy he can get. So he'll have his team prepared. It won't be a surprise to that team how what a kind of environment they're stepping into. And then uh, I think the even easier question of the four Pac-12 schools coming in for next year, who will be the first of those four to make it to a Big 12 championship game? Utah. I mean, from a football standpoint, that's the only one that has a chance anytime soon. Uh, you know, I think Arizona's going to get there. I think I, I, I want to believe Colorado's going to get better, but it's kind of like a circus right now. And, and sometimes circus turns out to be pretty good, and sometimes – the elephant just shits all over the place. And, you know, that it really could be exactly what happens with um, Colorado. Arizona football's getting there. Arizona State, their leadership's just awful. Yeah, it's got to be Utah. And uh, through all of this, all the ugliness their fans showed, Utah's the best fit for this conference. And I particularly, when I talked earlier about once they get in the conference to do a tour, you know, three, four, five years, they're going to like, we belong in this guy. This is exactly how we value sports and how everyone else does. I absolutely love it. Well, Tim, you've made it through your first blitz month. We're going to have to get you next year. And that's when I'll let the boneheads loose on you. If we catch you changing your predictions. Uh, but, but we always let the guests have uh, one final statement, say whatever you want, not only to the boneheads, but I'm sure K state fans here are going to be tuning in. Uh, tell anyone, anything you'd like. Well, I love the amount of, uh, like you mentioned at the top of the show, you were the second podcast into the marketplace. I don't know how many there are now. Uh, I don't know how many YouTube platforms have popped up now. You know, John Kurtz absolutely kicks ass. In fact, he's on my Life of Fitz podcast that went up this past weekend. Um, and uh, I, I kind of love how we all have pulled together. 
we don't have those fishers that we had. Uh, and I was a big part of that. And I, I, I like this a lot better. I, I think K-State's got something really cool going on with these two coaches and the fan base and the enrollments apparently growing like crazy. Uh, I think we should all be able to enjoy it together uh, and not be at each other's throats. Yeah, boneheads, don't come in. Don't, no. I have cancer. I, I'm sickly and old. It's only if it's only if they see you ch- changing your predictions, and, and you know what? I'll, I'll give you credit because I think you went on the record, K State Texas Tech, a couple months ago. So yeah. you, I, I don't think you're going to be changing your predictions. Uh, so I'm super glad uh, to have you on, and, and I don't think the boneheads are going to catch you changing predictions. So I don't think they're going to come after you with clubs and crowbars and whatever uh, weapons they have of choice. So I think you're safe. well. Just keep in mind, if I change a prediction. It isn't because I, I really changed it. I just didn't freaking remember what I said before because I'm old. <laughs> I just forget things. Well, and someone like you, you, you know, we hear you on 810 radio. We hear you going all over the Big 12 country. So if, if you miss sp- speak, I'll, I'll try to defend you if I hear you changing anything. But again, Go, I think I think let you've me been on the just, record for 10 and 2 versus Texas Tech for a while now. Yeah, it's, I've, I have really good feelings about this team, but you never know. You go out that first week, and uh, somehow you get five injuries against SEMO, and uh, you'll find me post-game at Manhattan Brewing Company just swimming, just swimming in locally brewed beer because Will Howard and Daniel Green and uh, Coach Kleiman, they all got injured in the first game. Let's not put that one out there. Uh, and you know what? I, I, I said this I said this to Gene Taylor because we had Gene Taylor on last week. I said this before I hit return or record. I was like, I don't know if it's you. I don't know if it's Jill Shields. I don't know if it's Chris Kleiman who I need to talk to. But stop putting playoff contending top 20 FCS teams on there and stop putting 12 win grana, or group of five schools on here. I don't know what's going on. You have power five non-con. It, let's not do this. But, you know, it's going to get them ready. And uh, as much as I melted down after that two-lane game, it turned out they were pretty good, and that helped set the table. So I should probably believe in the leaders who have proven that they're a lead at their job. And But you know what? That's the reason why I'm behind the microphone. And, you know, they're, they're piloting, you know, the – hundred million dollar ship that is k-state athletics well gene needs to get busy filling that non-conference schedule because now colorado and arizona he's got four years of games to figure out yep but the really good news is i think uh, even if they're not technically power five nobody will blame you if you move the washington state series up those guys got some games to fill now so maybe maybe another series of stanford i'd love to go to cal oh i would hate to go to cal but i I would just love to beat them (laughs) Yes, I I would too. And and again, it sounds like that they're going kind of back and forth. I know that over this weekend, they have their first re-meeting of the football scheduling committee, which Gene Taylor is on. They thought they had it all figured out. Then, hey, we're going up to 16. It sounds like they're not closing the window on possibly playing Arizona and Colorado as non-conference games, but we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll ask you this. Here's, here's the bonus question. You have a dream non-con. We're going to wipe the slate's clean for every single school in college football and you can find opponents do it however you want for those four games how would you divvy out those four games if you had it your way you know you're playing ncaa football you can contracts be damned what four games would you like to replace those with i i think k-state should play home and home with arkansas man regionally it makes sense 
I don't want to hear Woo Pig Suey ever again after those two bowl games, Tim. I stayed away from the the, the T-Mobile Center. It might have still been the Sprint Center for that basketball game. I I respect that. My little brother just got his graduate degree from KU. He had to go to the Liberty Bowl and deal with that. I don't want to hear the deranged, rabies-infected Arkansas Woo Pig Suey foaming at the mouth. That's the one thing I've heard you say this entire podcast. I'm like, I want nothing to do with that. Give me a redo. I'm going to pick Tennessee then. Mostly because I love going to Tennessee. Um, but I think that's kind of regional, too. Um, you know, also, who else would I like? I, I think uh, a K-State, well, I'd love Michigan, but I'd settle for Michigan State. Um, you know, I, I think that's more realistic, but I would love to have a home-and-home home with Michigan. And... Uh, I, I know we got an Army game in the future. I, I'd love if, if K-State was a regular on Army schedule just because of the four rally tie-in. But, yeah, I'm not one that's like Notre Dame and, you know, Ohio State. I'm just uh, – yeah, the only bad thing about this job, and I love my job, is I don't get to go to some of these venues. I have never been to the big house. I've never been to, you know, Notre Dame and uh, LSU is another um, – I just want to want to hear him say, you know, like, I'm not even going to say it, but um, yeah, LSU would be cool too. But I, I think some of those SEC schools that are more border to the Big Twelve, I think I'd lean into that quite a bit. I never want to go to College Station again. Yeah, um, never... they started off so cool, and then you realized, oh crap, it's a cult. Um, I've been I've been enjoying a cult for a few years now. <laughs> I'm, I, they're weird. I, I got to stop this. Yeah, I never made it down there. I don't really have a big desire to, so I'm right in that same boat. Um, but that that's it. You know, I think I kept you a little longer than I said I would, which I have a bad habit of doing that on this show. Right. I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank uh, one of your employees, Cole Carmody. He, he uh, waded through the Zoom terrorist and was part of a live show. So be sure to check out everything that you guys have going on at gopowercat.com. And your YouTube page, again, your daily deliveries, you're putting out K-State content every single day on YouTube as well. And then again, as you put it, there's so much great K-State content out there. Amazing. Uh, and and it's, it's a lot better when we're all working together, having fun collaborating versus uh, weird uh, high school girl drama. So I appreciate yep. you coming on. So for Tim Fitzgerald, for, for my dog Chauncey, the best dog in the world, we love you guys and go Cats. Oh, and hey, shout out to your dogs, too. Was that Daphne? Yeah, dude, Daphne are laying there like, what? Who's Chauncey? I want a piece of that. For for them as well. We love you guys and go cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share. Podcast Network.